Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network at republicbroadcasting.org. Hour two of the broadcast here on this Monday, the 12th of February, 2024. I'm your host, Richard Carey, and this is Beyond the Official Narrative. I have co host William Repillum. And, of course, uh, William has been and is still uh, doing the Punch Bowl as host. So uh, check him out. That's uh, 9 p.m. Central every Friday here on RBN. And, well, it looks like we have these uh, clips uh, queued up, William. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to mention, but I guess we have the, the first one that you wanted to to cover, uh, one eleven into the interview so did you have something to say before we uh, yeah. check that one out? Yeah, so real quick, uh, before we go into that, I want to shout out um, a couple of people we lost in the truth movement um, recently that I just found out about, just today, actually. Uh, Joe Rizzoli, okay, he passed away on January 30th, I guess. Uh, um, and Jim and Diane did a, a, a walk and talk titled Death by... Uh, medical care. Um, so check that. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm very saddened to hear about Joe Rizzoli, Jim Rizzoli's brother. Yeah, they were um, they're, 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 they're twin brothers. You know, yeah. they, they, they look alike, and they were both wound up being Holocaust revisionist uh, researchers and uh, trailblazers. So yeah, that's got to be rough. I mean, uh, Jim and his wife, Diane, have been doing it uh, for quite a while, and his brother, uh, Joe, with his own approach, and and uh, platform and everything. So, no, that's sad to hear. And, wow, they, so they think it's like a post-COVID and just a medical industry um, yeah. related. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, of course, yeah. They, they don't have anything that's for our well-being in that whole industry. But No, no, it's it's a death industry. It's, a, it's allopathic medicine. Medical Murder by injection is a good prerequisite to really learn about, like, well, how, how much of a scam allopathic medicine actually is and, how awful it actually is. Well, anyway, so you remember when we interviewed Joe Rizzoli on Revision Media, um, Richard, in 2020? So if we go to revisionmedia.org, the archive under Gregory McGill, and you'll find uh, my, mine and Greg's interview of Joe Rizzoli. Please please go back and check it out if you, if you, have, if you have a chance. Uh, 
know if you remember that, Richard, but. Yeah, no, I do remember the one time. Yeah, him interacting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and also I didn't know John Kaminsky, but he passed away um, as well. So I just I heard this from uh, Blackbird. Yeah, I understand Michael Gaddy uh, noted it uh, significantly in one of his shows recently. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's. Uh, so the the, the clip one eleven thirty. You know, I we played uh, Biden saying he's going to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. And so this uh, Putin was asked for evidence that the Nord Stream pipeline was you know was done by the cia us and his answer was just kind of okay let's go ahead and play it seems to me that this is much smarter and more rational who blew up nord stream <laughs> you for sure i was busy that day <laughs> nate it, do you have do you have, uh i did not blow up nord stream uh thank you though <laughs> You personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. Did you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But in this case, we should not only look for someone who is interested, but also for someone who has capabilities. Because there may be many people interested, but not all of them are capable of sinking to the bottom of the Baltic Sea and carrying out this explosion. These two components should be connected. Who is interested and who is capable of doing it? But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever, and it's the largest emission of CO2 in, in history. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, you would that NATO, the U.S., CIA, the West, did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? <laughs> In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States because the United States controls all the world's media and many European media. The ultimate beneficiary of the biggest European media are American financial institutions. Don't you know that? So it is possible to get involved in this work, but it is cost prohibitive, so to speak. We can simply shine the spotlight on our sources of information, and we will not achieve results. It is clear to the whole world what happened, and even American analysts talk about it directly. It's true. Yes, I, but, but here's a question you may be able to answer. You worked in Germany, famously. Um, the Germans clearly know that their NATO partner did this, but they, and it damaged their economy greatly, it may never recover. Why are they being silent about it? That's very confusing to me. Why wouldn't the Germans say something about it? This also confuses me. But today's German leadership is guided by the interests of the collective West rather than its national interests. Otherwise, it is difficult to explain the logic of their action or inaction. After all, it is not only about Nord Stream 1, which was blown up, and the Nord Stream 2 was damaged. But one pipe is safe and sound, and gas can be supplied to Europe through it. But Germany does not open it. We are ready, please. There is another route through Poland, called Yamal Europe, which also allows for a large flow. Uh. 
Poland has closed it, but Poland packs from the German hand. It receives money from the... Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it just talks more about the pipelines and where they go through. And essentially the point is, with that last point that he that he made there, Germany... <laughs> Germany not acting out of its own its own interest, um, and why is that? Well, they're a NATO country, right? They're a vassal state, and this is why it's so critical that people understand the the, the covered up history and that we unpack and deprogram from the false history we've been taught about World War II and everything that's happened subsequent to that, including the European Union, uh, the Kalergi Plan. Okay, of 1925, the Kalergi plan, which was to, uh, you know, do exactly what the Jewish power is doing, and that is to bring in unlimited amounts of immigration into Europe and pretty much, you know, ethnic cleanse the uh, all the European people. Right? It's happening in every single Western country, all over the world, and only to the Western countries. Okay? Oh yeah, and and, and and Biden over here cheering about it, you know, nonstop. Immigration, nonstop. Right. That's a good thing. He right. says, you know, that's the source of our strength. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Putin is really, I mean, he's just, he, we haven't even mentioned that he went into a thousand years of history prior to, and he went all the way back to the eighth century uh, in the first part of the, you know, and he explained a lot of things. I mean, the guy is exceptionally intelligent, but I have a lot of respect for his intelligence. Um, I'm also, you know, skeptical and leery of him, right? And I, I totally get why people are. Uh, hey, we we know. have one sixteen ten uh, queued up. Julie says. Okay. Um. Well, let's finish this point. So, uh, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to mention was perestroika. Before I forget, the perestroika deception. And Anatoly Galitsyn wrote a couple of books. One's called The Perestroika Deception. The other one's called New Lies for Old, right? Uh, and I think both of these books, and I haven't read, I've started to read both books, but I haven't fully read them yet. But the basic gist, and, and Robert mentioned this, this in, last night on his show, uh, The Perestroika Deception, essentially what happened with the Soviet Union. And the deception is that, you know, so that, that communism has actually collapsed, and um, and that uh, it, and and so it's sort of a way of with with the Soviet Union so collapsing and communism so supposedly collapsing. Um, the uh, the the United States it essentially has guard down, and so and we don't realize that you know like what that uh, Yuri Bezmenev said in 1983, right? The Russian defector came over and said, no matter how much evidence you pr present to people, they'll still never listen to you unless the boot is down on their neck. And even then, they're still not going to listen to you, as we see with what's happened with COVID. They just double down with the oppressors, you know. Um, so he was absolutely right about that. But that's the that's the gist of the perestroika deception. You know, the people to get us to let our guard down is the United States. And allow communism to just completely unfurl like it absolutely has here already. And when I tried to tell that NPC the other night, you know, when he when when he was like, "Oh, yeah, it's good we're having those those, those immigrants. They're escaping from communist countries." And I'm like, "Dude, we already live in a communist country." Well, I don't. No, I, we, I no, believe, we don't. <laughs> I, I believe the 
perestroika deception is legitimate, most likely. When you think of how the entire public education system in this country uh, was a Jewish communist in origin, you know, they tinkered with it in China first, of course, but, I mean, it was an early a step for this country uh, across the board. You know, it was implemented and has been to this day. So, I mean, you know, I think that's a good cue, you know, clue about that. Yeah. Anyhow, but all right. Well, let's let's go. So, so again, I don't know why they didn't mention why uh, why uh, Putin didn't mention uh, Biden threatening to blow up North Street Pipeline in that, you know, when he answered his question. He didn't get into specifics. I still thought his answer was was very well done. He, he, he said. T- Go ahead. No, I mean, I think he's yeah, being we, very diplomatic uh, right. he, with a topic like that, but go ahead. Well, he does say throughout the whole interview, he does mention that he doesn't want to get into details because he wants to respect confidentiality and whatnot. Like, I get that. Like, and I respect that, actually, because, you know, some, you know, so, but he'll. Yeah, well, it narrows it down a lot point. to think about who benefits and had the capability. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, okay. So this is sort of a general. I said one sixteen ten. Let's go ahead and so Tucker asks a question about the multipolar hemispheres, and Putin explains how the U.S. is screwing itself, destroying the dollar with sanctions. Well, he, you know, here's the thing he's doing. He's saying he doesn't understand why the U.S. would do this. Well, really, they're doing it because they want to do it, right? The 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 the, uh, the Jew. I keep. I know it's hard for some people to hear the word Jewish and everything all the time. It's like I keep saying, but that's what it is. All right, so they're deliberately destroying it, so they can. This is a point Robert made too, also this morning. It's a great point. So they can. They're, they're trying to do this, so they can roll out the central bank digital currency and replace the existing economic system with this, right? So, um, so I don't. I don't. Why would Putin? This is where I'm a suspect of Putin. Why wouldn't he mention this, right? So he does. He seems well, to be on board with that mm-hmm. CDBC thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just slightly different timeline, maybe. Uh, Just like the green agenda, I'd say. And, you know, as far as future uh, pandemics and shots, mRNA, genetic modification, it sounds like they're into that as well. I mean, the only thing we haven't confirmed uh, really is like the, you know, replacement of uh, white uh, German uh, ethnic stock with, with something else like they're doing here and in Europe. But every other agenda, it seems very possible that in the long term, yeah, Newton's yeah. on board. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we don't have a, I don't know, unless you had something else you wanted to add. But yeah, yeah we, have, we have. Play the clip. All right, 116.10. Please, Julie. People. Well, maybe the world is breaking into two hemispheres, one with cheap energy, the other without. And I want to ask you that. If, if we're now a multipolar world, obviously we are. Can you describe the blocks of alliances? Who, who is in each side, do you think? Listen, you have said that the world is breaking into two hemispheres. A human brain is divided into two hemispheres. One is responsible for one type of activities, the other one is more about creativity and so on. But it is still one and the same head. The world should be a single whole. Security should be shared rather than a meant for the golden billion. 
That is the only scenario where the world could be stable, sustainable and predictable. Until then, while the head is split in two parts, it is an illness, a serious adverse condition. It is a period of severe disease that the world is going through now. But I think that, thanks to honest journalism, this work is akin to work of the doctors. This could somehow be remedied. Well, let's just give one example, the, the U.S. dollar, which has kind of united the world uh, in a lot of ways, maybe not to your advantage, but certainly to ours. <laughs> is that going away as the reserve currency, the, the, common, the universally accepted currency? How have sanctions, do you think, changed the dollar's place in the world? You know, to use the dollar as a tool of foreign policy struggle is one of the biggest strategic mistakes made by the U.S. political leadership. The dollar is the cornerstone of the United States' power. I think everyone understands very well that no matter how many dollars are printed, they are quickly dispersed all over the world. Okay. All right. Let's comment on this, Richard. Let's stop that for a second there. Sure. We can probably possibly pick it back up, but well, there you go, right? So he's saying, oh, it's a big strategic mistake to destroy the dollar. Well, wait a minute. That's what they're trying to do. They want to roll out the central bank digital currency, right? So the dollar is obsolete. They're, they don't care about it anymore. You know, but wait, no. from the perspective of uh, we, you know, the people who are living here with our buying power being destroyed. From our perspective, you know, it's a strategic mistake for that to happen to us. Uh, but then, of course, th that doesn't negate that those in control, uh, you know, in, in power over our leaders have have this other agenda. Yeah, that's what I'm he, talking he's, about. He's, right. He's being very careful with his words. But I mean, yeah, he could just be referring to it like that. With the best interest of the citizens, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very harmful and a big mistake. Uh, but it's not like we have any control over our... Our who our leaders are at this moment or what they're doing, uh, especially the Fed and, yeah. Well, no, so the there we go. We can make the case that Putin is part of the whole thing right there with, with this because he's, he's, he's doing a, he, he's not talking about, not pointing out what they're trying, they're trying to rope out the global enslavement. It's going to be over, right? The new world orders doesn't well, I mean, say anything about it. He seems to indicate that it's already been a globalist a one world order, uh, you know, where everyone has marching orders from a, a single group of financial elite, uh, basically, and that right now it's, you know, ahead with two hemispheres. Well, I mean, really, in the brain, I mean, some's more creative, uh, but less responsible and logical, perhaps, the other side, uh, you know, they complement each other if they're working for the same goal. But if they're working for other goals, one will only be good at some things, the other will only be good at other things. And I think that's what he's implying, that it's already been uh, this one world order, unfortunately, and he's part of it. He's admitting that under the line, under the, and that's what I'm reading. Uh, but right now, it's what I just described, which wouldn't be, if you're going to be Borg, you might as well be most efficient. Yeah, I mean, they have a goal still, though, right? So the goal is to roll out the central bank digital currency all over the whole planet, right? That's not done yet. They need to get that done. Uh, in order to get that done, they need to, you know, really destabilize the dollar and create a problem reaction solution situation where Americans will uh, embrace it. Go, okay, okay, 
you know, uh, whatever it takes so I can feed my family, you know, after they've gone could create enough of an inflation issue. So all of what's happening isn't happening. I don't think it's happening because they're stupid. I think it's happening because uh, deliberately, because they're doing this on purpose for exactly, and it's very calculated. So he's not pointing that out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, by the way, folks, we got this to play from, it turns out RBN had their own version uploaded, a far more reliable site for videos like the Vladimir Putin two-hour interview than any of those other uh, video sites out there. Go to go to RBN uh, to catch the Putin interview. It, and we have the next one queued up. I guess we're bringing it up in multiple windows. It's loading so well now. Uh, straight from RBN, uh, 107.18 is queued in a, in its own tab. If you're interested in going to that, William, we have 10 minutes before the break here. Or nine. Sure. Yeah, uh, okay, so this one, Tucker asked Putin um, if he thinks NATO is worried about this becoming a global war, which that's, that's kind of funny. And Putin goes on to explain how... Um, Propaganda, the, the U.S. propaganda, American propaganda, tries to intimidate its own population with an imaginary Russian threat. So this is actually a really good point. I fully agree with him on this uh, that he's making here. So now we can make the case for, well, it sort of aligns with his tactical sort of pushing the Overton window over slightly a bit, a bit, a bit, and sort of sleight of hand where he, you know, similar kind of thing where he told the oligarchs, hey, I'll, you can do your thing, but stay out of the politics, made that deal with them, and then started to edge them out, right? So um, let's let's see what people think about this. Well, we have the next one ready right after it, uh, the 108.25. Do you want to just write, run right one into the other, or do you want to talk in between them? Yeah, yeah, let's talk in between them. I, I, I don't want to run them together. Okay. NATO is worried about this becoming a global <clears throat> war or a nuclear conflict? At least that's what they're talking about. And they're trying to intimidate their own population with an imaginary Russian threat. This is an obvious fact. And thinking people, not Philistines, but thinking people, analysts, those who are engaged in real politics, just smart people, understand perfectly well that this is a fake. They're trying to fuel the Russian threat. The threat I think you're referring to is a Russian invasion of Poland, Latvia, expansionist behavior. Is, can you imagine a scenario where you sent Russian troops to Poland? Only in one case, if Poland attacks Russia. Why? Because we have no interest in Poland, Latvia, or anywhere else. Why would we do that? We simply don't have any interest. It's just threat-mongering. Uh, okay, okay, let's stop, because I said we could stop. But yeah, pretty much these points do kind of blend into each other. Um, the next one is Putin dispels the myth that Russia invaded Ukraine, so that means it wants to keep invading further westward, right? So so here, this is a big question, right? So obviously these psychopaths that are in charge of NATO that want to constantly and have broken the Minsk agreements and have, have, have promised uh, <clears throat> not to keep adding more and more countries into NATO and encircling Russia and, and then even Ukraine right up on its border, right? I mean, obvious, the obvious point is that if, uh, if, if, if they started doing, if, if Russia started adding power blocks encircling the United States, would we be okay with that? Right? And so you have all these idiots, man. I'm 
that are just like, oh, Russia, Russia bad because uh, he's attacked. You know, it's the exact same thing that happened with uh, with with Hitler. You know, oh, Hitler bad because uh, he, he. No, you got it. This is why you got to study. I'm sorry to say idiots. Okay, that's not a fair thing to say, right? Right? Because I was an idiot once too. So pardon me, but um, you got to study this this actual history, the hidden stuff. You know, it's the exact same. It's the exact same thing that that, that Jewish power did. Right, so after with the Treaty of Versailles after World War One, they took Germany, carved it up. They took, you know, um, they created Czechoslovakia, Frankenstein state, put a Jew in power there. Um, they car, you know, and it was Jews that presided over the Treaty of Versailles, the end of World War One. After that, it was like the the, the people, t- the winners taking the spoils of war. And what they did is they they took a huge, they took the western West Prussia, the Danzig corridor, this in like the biggest size, big as Ohio. Right, this huge landmass. It was part of Germany. Ah, they suddenly just give it to Poland, <laughs> and, and Poland's already controlled by Bolsheviks. And so suddenly you have Bolsheviks that are that are murdering by the thousands Germans, ethnic Germans. And we never hear about this in school. We just said, oh, this psychopath Hitler went and attacked Poland for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't learn about it in, until uh, learning from revisionists. Yeah. you know, up to and including Dennis Wise. Yeah, it's really disgusting that we don't know about this, right? No, okay, so Hitler was not this psychopath that did things for no reason and had these expansionary goals that he just wanted to go and take over and conquer the world. No, this is what the Jews are, okay? This is what they do. They take over, they subvert everybody's country, and they take over the world. I mean, this is their goal. The New World Order is the Jew World Order. Um, folks, and it's ridiculous. It be obvious by now. I mean, so many people believe this notion that after Poland, Hitler was going to try to take over the West. It's just preposterous how many people have been convinced of that part of it. Uh, but of course, they're convinced of this this uh, a fake Holocaust as well at this point. So I guess that shouldn't be exactly. a surprising. But I mean, it's now Lynch it's ben. the exact same thing that the West is accusing Putin of, is that after Ukraine, he's going to continue <laughs> taking over further mm-hmm. countries. Uh, of of Europe and and the West. Now, to you know, to to put myself in their shoes, I mean, look, NATO shouldn't exist. It's a zombie creation. It's it's a it was created to you know contain Russia during the Cold War, which was also a, you peel that back. That was a whole other thing too. Cold War. That was that was a term uh, invented by Bernard Baruch, the the main financier, and he was the lieutenant Rothschild lieutenant that controlled Woodrow Wilson pushed him to during the war and sort of led him around and also Franklin Delano Roosevelt in World War II. So, you know. Well, and then we had we didn't have a League of Nations until uh, after World War II, isn't that correct? And then later the the UN kind of took more center stage as a similar uh, parallel organization. League of Nations was before World War II and it became United okay. Nations uh, in the 1946 uh, San Francisco. That- Okay, no, Conference. that's when it changed. Yeah. Okay, no, I forget. So it was after World War One. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, that legal League of Nations. I remember William Cooper going over this in his book, but I don't have everything memorized uh, that mm-hmm. well. So yeah, no, we had League of Nations uh, following World War One, and then you say forty six. So yeah, very shortly after World War Two, we had mm-hmm. UN's founding. Yep. That's yep. Right. And Alger Hiss, uh, one of the spies, one of the Jewish spies uh, that uh, sold, uh, you know, nuclear. Secrets, uh, you know, funneled nuclear or stole them for Israel and to China. I don't remember all the details, but he was a spy 
and he was, you know, convicted. And then you had McCarthy, right, during the 50s, with uh, trying to point out, hey, we've got a real communist problem uh, in America, right? And the, uh, and the, uh, the Rosenbergs, right? They were, they were both executed because they were clearly doing the same thing Alger Hiss was doing, you know, selling, uh, uh, you know, funneling. And, now, and then, you know, on moderns, we had Jonathan Pollard, who Trump actually pardoned, which is disgusting, right? Jonathan Pollard was one of the greatest traitors that hurt American security more than anybody. Well, Benjamin Netanyahu, this happened in 2017, I think, uh, or, or just before Trump left office, he pardoned Jonathan Pollard, who spent decades in prison for his uh, treason against America. Uh, well, so when he was finally released, Benjamin Netanyahu, that piece of garbage, uh, he welcomed, uh, there, there's these all on video, welcomed Jonathan Pollard back to Israel with like a, on a welcome mat, like rolled out the red carpet for him and mm-hmm. just absolutely praised him for what he did over here. So these people are our friends. Are we going to try to uh, play a couple more of those the yeah. clips that you want? Okay, great. Well, I know I see the break is about to hit us. And yeah, no, the, the more I think about it, yeah, no, that sounds more right. I, I did know that. I just spoke, misspoke. But um, yeah, after World War One, I, I know the League of Nations goes back further than World War II. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, none of these are created for the reasons we're told. And, uh, you know, so many of them are working in concert, both international and of our, our so-called national yeah. organizations. We'll be right back. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602 799 8214, or visit our website, Sierra Madre Precious Metals.com. Be glad to help you out. 
Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. folks beyond the official narrative here on republic broadcasting richard carey with william repillum and back over to you sir i guess we're going to try to hit a lot of clips yeah let's let's go ahead and, and jump to that next one uh, at 4805 uh so this one before we play it putin um says how could we not respond to the 2014 u.s uh, sponsored uh maiden uh, might on coup. It's really this is really important because he explained what the United States backed coup actually did. It was a bloody murder of the Russian that lived in the Donbass region, right, with artillery and whatnot like that. So you had the Jewish, you know, overtaken. It's, it's, it's so much easier to to be to to criticize the United States once you realize who controls it, uh, right? Because I I before I understood. You know, that we were I thought we were just the most powerful country in the world and democratic and we were spreading democracy across the world and stopping, you know, totalitarian regimes. And we're doing the then I learned we're doing the exact opposite. And then if you don't have the missing link of who is doing it and how this happened, which World War Two becomes again, it's it's so critical to get this revisionist history uh, straight. And so understanding how the how Israel got founded and um and 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 how these parasites are controlling like the whole planet now. I mean this is it's biblical. You know, even the the Bible confirms uh, all this as well. So yeah, let's go ahead with the uh, 4805. It's just that the US political leadership pushed us to the line we could not cross because doing so could have ruined Russia itself. Besides, we could not leave our brothers in faith, in fact, a part of Russian people, in the face of this war machine. What was the... So, but 
that was eight years before the current conflict started. So what was the trigger for you? What was the moment where you decided you had to do this? Initially, it was the coup in Ukraine that provoked the conflict. By the way, back then the representatives of three European countries, Sorry, let me just interject. So Putin goes back and says, look, <laughs> the 2014 coup, okay? And he's going to explain more about this. But you think, okay, so so Tucker Carlson has a problem that it would took eight years for him to finally go in and do something, right? So Tucker, what, you're clueless about, like, all of the machinations that have been occurring since then, right? You know, with Crimea, uh, uh, they, the Russians had gone in and so-called annexed the Crimea. Well, the Russians were saving Crimea from this coup, right? With more ethnic uh, Russians living in, in Crimea that did not want to be uh, a part part of what they had done in Ukraine with this coup. Okay, did not want to be victims of that. Okay, so um, yeah, but I mean, let's let's go ahead and keep playing. It. They were the guarantors of the signed agreement between the government of Yanukovych and the opposition. They signed it as guarantors. Despite that, the opposition committed a coup and all these countries pretended that they didn't remember that they were guarantors of the peaceful settlement. They just threw it in the stove right away, and nobody recalls that. I don't know if the U.S. know anything about the agreement between the opposition and the authorities and its three guarantors who, instead of bringing this whole situation back in the political field, supported the coup. Although it was meaningless, believe me, because President Yanukovych agreed to all conditions, he was ready to hold an early election which he had no chance of winning, frankly speaking. Everyone knew that. Then why the coup? Why the victims? Why threatening Crimea? Why launching an operation in Donbass? This I do not understand. That is exactly what the miscalculation is. CIA did its job to complete the coup. I think one of the deputy secretaries of state said that it cost a large sum of money, almost five billion. But the political mistake was colossal. Why would they have to do that? All this could have been done legally, without victims, without military action without losing Crimea. We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. Because we agreed with the fact that after the collapse of the Soviet Union, our borders should be along the borders of former Union's republics. We agreed to that. But we never agreed to NATO's expansion, and moreover, we never agreed that Ukraine would be in NATO. Okay. All right, let's stop there because we got to get through more stuff here. But uh, you, you, you see, it just makes me think about okay, so you know, the guy's putting his country first, right? So <laughs> it, that that's a good sign. I mean, that's a good sign for uh, nationalism and and peace in the world, right? That's what a leader should be doing. So you have these other countries that he mentioned. I, I'm sorry, I, when I interrupted, I blurred I blurred them out. But he was talking about France, Poland, and England, I believe, that signed, you know, uh, an agreement uh, after the coup happened because 
Russia said, oh, okay, fine. You had a coup, fine. All right, in that country, even then, right? That's what that according to Putin, okay? So, okay, we'll work with your leader, and there'll be an agreement. Well, they th- he said they threw it out the window, agreement. And then they went ahead and they did this all artillery attack against, uh, you know, these attacks against the eastern part of Ukraine where the ethnic Russians are living in the Donbass region, right? Um, so, uh, it, well, well, what would Joe Biden do, right? Well, Joe Biden would be like, yeah, go attack all the, you know, he would say, go, go attack artillery attacks against the American people. I hate them. You know, I hate my own people and we need to attack them. And that's essentially what's happening in America. Right. Well, that's the difference between America and and uh, now that doesn't excuse Putin from these other, you know, getting on board with these other globalist things. Right. Okay, so I don't know, Richard, let me kick it over to you. Well, I mean, I, I want to make sure we have time for all the clips. I just thought there's okay. a lot of interesting uh, parallels in the timeline. I mean, but, yeah, we need to think about the whole history. And we had the transfer agreement uh, back in Hitler's day. Uh, we had the fact that the founding of this nation had, well, I mean, Talk about Israel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Israel happened uh, in its official founding uh, quite a bit after World War II there. But, you know, we had that parallel, as I'm saying, that we have today in the same region near Poland and Ukraine uh, and and Germany's uh, territories near Russia, which now, with all the turmoil, uh, 50 years after the 50-year, after the Six-Day War, rather, what? uh, The following is... and so it's just curious how we have now, uh, with all of this going on, could they pl- plan this 10 years ahead in, adva- in advance for Ukraine to lead up to when uh, God, you know, Israel was planning on, on this, perhaps, you know, this October 6th, uh, which was a 10-year, I mean, a 50-year uh, anniversary uh, a plan, and, and, and Ukraine is a fallback territory, perhaps? Who knows? But I, 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 uh, let's try to fit all these in, for sure. Yeah, you're talking about the Yom Kippur War, right? On October 6, 1973, October 7, uh, 2023. Ironically, 50 years later, the Hamas yeah. attack. And Hamas was created by uh, Israel in the first place. You know, it's a totally false flag with all their stories. BS. We know that they it, they did this, and now they need the excuse they needed to go in and just completely wipe out well, the rest of the Palestinians with genocide, ethnic cleanse them, clean them off the land, kill as many as them they probably can, make up the whole story about, oh, these poor Palestinian refugees after they created them. I hear Chuck Schumer the other day uh, uh, doing this. This is just so, it's so evil, you know, and it's so Jewish. And I'm sorry if that offends people, but that's what it is. You know, people got to figure out what, what this is. So, okay, yeah, let's jump to the next clip. 5710, where he says that in World War II, the Germans uh, Wait, did we play 5520 yet? Yeah, that's what we just listened to. Okay, okay, okay. So wait, I I think, no, maybe we just played 5710. I don't know, which one are we on? Are we on 5710? Okay. 55. Yeah, okay, so Tucker asks, uh, what is denazification? That's when Putin takes the Jewish stance against uh, nationalism. And Nazism, whatever. Okay. No. But, but what is, pardon my ignorance, what is denazification? What would that mean? What is it? Yeah, what I want to say about this. It's a very important question. 
That is what I want to talk about right now. It is a very important issue. Denazification. After gaining independence, Ukraine began to search, as some Western analysts say, its identity. And it came up with nothing better than to build this identity upon some false heroes who collaborated with Hitler. I have already said that in the early 19th century, when the theorists of independence and sovereignty of Ukraine appeared, they assumed that an independent Ukraine should have very good relations with Russia. But due to the historical development, those territories were part of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. Poland, where Ukrainians were persecuted and treated quite brutally as well as were subject to cruel behavior. There were also attempts to destroy their identity. All this remained in the memory of the people. When World War II broke out, part of this extremely nationalist elite collaborated with Hitler believing that he would bring them freedom. The German troops, even the SS troops, made Hitler's collaborators do the dirtiest work of exterminating the Polish and Jewish population. Hence this brutal massacre of the Polish and Jewish population, as well as the Russian population too. Okay, let's stop. Let's stop there real quick. <laughs> All right, so now he's going on with the uh, with. I don't know what specifically he's referring to, but uh, Germany was. They did go into Ukraine, and there were uh, Ukrainians that were just like, "Oh my God, thank you! Please save us from this communist, uh, Jewish communist, murderous juggernaut that's just put us through the Holodomor ten years prior." Because the 1941s, when they went into, when they started going over into Russia, right, and they went through Ukraine. So, um, and in 1932 and 33, they'd been subjected to the Holodomor. Well, plus they'd been they'd all been subjected to the Red Terror, and there were gulags all over the Soviet Union where Christian Russian patriots were dying by the millions, were being murdered, sometimes very brutally in the most sick, horrific kind of ways. So there's no mention of this, uh, and you know these people referred to as Nazis or you know called false heroes and considered we just need to denazify. So he's going along with this BS story, but at the same time, uh, you'd think he was fed posting if he uh, <laughs> fed posting Putin, right? <laughs> if he was uh, denying the Holocaust, right? <clears throat> people are thrown in jail for denying the Holocaust. I've interviewed those people. Uh, this is uh, this is disgusting, right? That the, so the Overton window again. Let me kick it to you for a bit there, Richard. Oh, no, no, I'm, you're uh, just fine. And I mean, we have quite a few other clips, very little time. So, all right. All right. So let's if we're if we got it ready, let's bump up to one twenty four ten. Well, let's, if we can, Julie, let's skip this one, because I think this one's not as important as. As the uh, others. Um, let's go up to one thirty five. Putin explains how Ukraine passed laws limiting the rights of non 
titular populations like the ethnic Russians. So this is a really important point because this is how the Ukrainians oppress the ethnic Russians in the Donbass region, passing laws considering them, you know, discriminatory laws against them. 135. Got that one queued up. There's also, um, yeah, no problem. I'll explain the next one too. We'll just run into the next one. So 136.30. Putin explains how a Zelensky, his father, fought the fascist Nazis but is now supporting the neo Nazis. And he asked him why. Why would Zelensky support the neo Nazis, right? The Azov Battalion. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, Putin knows, and I think he actually explained this, that these it's a great opportunity for the Jewish power to use these uh, people as cannon fodder. Okay, I think we're cute. Yeah. Okay, use them as cannon fodder and just kill them off. Well, that's the same thing that they've done with all these world wars, kill off as many Europeans as, as they possibly can. All right. I repeat once again, we have repeatedly, repeatedly proposed to seek a solution to the problems that arose in Ukraine after 2014 coup d'etat through peaceful means. But no one listened to us. And moreover, the Ukrainian leaders who were under the complete U.S. control suddenly declared that they would not comply with the Minsk agreements. They disliked everything there and continued military activity in that territory. And in parallel, that territory was being exploited by NATO military structures under the guise of various personnel training and retraining centers. They essentially began to create bases there. That's all. Ukraine announced that the Russians were a non-titular nationality while passing the laws that limit the rights of non-titular nationalities in Ukraine. Ukraine, having received all these southeastern territories as a gift from the Russian people, suddenly announced that the Russians were a non-titular nationality in that territory. Is that normal? All this put together led to the decision to end the war that neo-Nazis started in Ukraine in 2014. Do you, do you think Zelensky has the freedom to negotiate a settlement <clears throat> to this conflict? I don't know the details. Of course, it's difficult for me to judge. But I believe he has, in any case, he used to have. His father fought against the fascists, Nazis, during World War II. I once talked to him about this. I said, Volodya, what are you doing? Why are you supporting neo-Nazis in Ukraine today, while your father fought against fascism? He was a frontline soldier. I will not tell you what he answered. This is a separate topic, and I think it's incorrect for me to do so. But as to the freedom of choice, why not? He came to power on the expectations of Ukrainian people that he would lead Ukraine to peace. He talked about this. It was thanks to this that he won the elections overwhelmingly. But then, when he came to power, in my opinion, he realized two things. 
Firstly, it is better not to clash with neo-Nazis and nationalists because they are aggressive and very active. You can expect anything from them. And secondly, the U.S.-led West supports them and will always support those who antagonize with Russia. It is beneficial and safe. So he took the relevant position despite promising his people to end the war in Ukraine. He deceived his voters. But do you think at this point, as of February 2024, he has the latitude okay. and freedom let's, let's to go, speak let's, with let's, you or your government? Let's, let's go ahead and stop there. All right. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, just that's, that's cool. Interesting points that he's making there about Zelensky and whatnot. So um, I want to wrap it up. We just got a couple minutes left. And uh, I really, you know, the third rail here, what's never mentioned is Jewish power. It's, never, it's not going to get mentioned The big question is, is when is it going to start getting mentioned more? We see in the alternative media, we see it happening. Uh, we've been screaming it from the rooftops for years. Um, and, you know, even some mainstream people are coming out and starting to talk about Jewish power after this, this, this genocide that they're committing against the Palestinians uh, has been happening. It's just indisputable. And uh, so there's more people that are starting to come over to, uh, to, to, to the side of the good and the side of truth and to start exposing uh, these criminals that call themselves Jews, okay, and uh, that support this genocide and that are liars, you know, that are, that are just genociding whoever they want to with impunity. And then, you know, we see the psychopathy of the IDF and we see the psychopathy of Benjamin Netanyahu. And so you have people even like Stu Peters, right? Uh, you have, uh, you know, you had uh, Kanye West come out and try to say it in his, like, completely, like, uh, totally wayward kind of crazy way that he did it um, that made him look crazy. But he still was doing it. Dave Chappelle was doing it. Uh, he was sort of exposing it a little bit. Everybody always gets pop goes the weaseled, uh, you know, always happens. Um, they get knocked back down or they, they get completely bled dry. Elon Musk has started to do it a little bit. Okay. All right. But so, I, 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 go ahead. Well, well, I just want to get two minutes of the protocols of a learned elders of Zion in here. The first intro, if we can squeeze that in real quick before the end of the show, people will hear the overall goal of Jewish power. And I just really wanted to get that. Do you have a quick, quick comment there, Richard? Yeah, and I, and I I forwarded that to to Skype too if it if it helps to the protocols link. Well, I But popped it in. I I would I mean each of these uh, eras of major war has to do with a lot of uh, redrawing of uh, borders, creation of nation states. Uh, in a lot of cases, even you know significant. Uh, large wars prior to World War One, but at least starting with World War One, certainly had a very strong focus on uh, the, the the Jewish people uh, being further sorted. I mean, I mentioned in Hitler's time the transfer agreement, but we had, of course, the Balfour Declaration and a lot of uh, redrawing and uh, you know decision making uh, milestones in the wake of World War One. And and yes, the, you know these organizations, you know the League of Nations, and later the the UN. And you have to wonder again, like just after World War II, we have the actual official creation of the nation state of Israel. Now we have all this tinkering, parallels with Hitler and Putin in similar regions and similar claims of what they would do. You know, continue west, take over, and all this. But now uh, perhaps a, a a safe zone, uh, Ukraine for a second Israel. Uh, but it's interesting, just right after the uh, 50-year anniversary where they have more turmoil, 
uh, they had for 10 years now leading up to this in this other region. So, uh, yeah, but let's finish. Close yeah, out let's, with that let's if go. We can. Thank you. Yeah, let's. The Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion in Modern English. A one-page summary. Goyim are mentally inferior to Jews and can't run their nations properly. For their sake and ours, we need to abolish their governments and replace them with a single government. This will take a long time and involve much bloodshed, but it's for a good cause. Here's what we'll need to do. Police our agents and helpers everywhere. Take control of the media and use it in propaganda for our plans. Start fights between different races, classes, and religions. Use bribery, threats, and blackmail to get our way. Use free Masonic lodges to attract potential public officials. Appeal to successful people's egos. Appoint puppet leaders who can be controlled by blackmail. Replace royal rule with socialist rule, then communism, then despotism. Abolish all rights and freedoms, except the right by force, by us. Sacrifice people, including Jews sometimes, when necessary. Eliminate religion. Replace it with science and materialism. Control the education system to spread deception and destroy intellect. Rewrite history to our benefit. Create entertaining distractions. Corrupt minds with filth and perversion. Encourage people to spy on one another. Keep the masses in poverty and perpetual labor. Take possession of all true wealth, property, and especially gold. Use gold to manipulate the markets, causing depressions, etc. Introduce a progressive tax on wealth. Replace sound investment with speculation. Hmm. Make long-term interest-bearing loans to governments. Hmm. Give bad advice to governments and everyone else. All right. Perfect. Hey, thank you so much for an amazing show, William. Oh, absolutely, Richard. My pleasure. Really enjoyed the show, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a good night. Absolutely. I mean, that was just a brilliant, unique analysis from our own William Repillum. Uh, check out the Punch Bowl on Friday, 9 p.m. Central for more of William, folks, and we will speak again soon. Please support the station and transcend the construct. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. 
The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.